Hey, beautiful humans. It's time to stop sacrificing for everyone else and put you first. Are you feeling tired, stuck, or disconnected? Or maybe you're just looking to be the best version of you. I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild, and this is Embrace, Embrace you, you First, a podcast to help you thrive and not just survive. We are busy moms, successful entrepreneurs, and doctors in the field of natural medicine with over 40 years combined clinical experience. You're going to learn from our professional expertise and our juicy secrets that have helped thousands of men and women just like you. We are going to teach you practical and doable strategies on health, relationships, and career. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace you right now. Maybe we should say Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Today we are talking tips on improving your sex life. But first, we're going to review a review of the week. This one is short and sweet. Upbeat. Looking forward to hearing the next podcast. It's a fun, refreshing, positive podcast. Lizzie B. Keep sharing your reviews and ratings, guys. It helps expand our reach and we can share the love. So we are talking. Oh. So. hey guys i'm just gonna jump right in because this is gonna be like a fun conversation like we're not just gonna be you know humdrum about this because i want to start off by mentioning that in our last episode when we spoke about sleep and intimacy um dr tanya mentioned what filled her cup was buying a new vibrator so i just want to start the episode on what the heck did she buy? And did I like, shock I, you? I, I, You're I wanna, so funny. You're like, oh. <laughs> so basically, I got a new rabbit. <laughs> they, my, the last one broke and they last a while. So, you know, um, I think, look, we need to normalize how we think about sex, self-pleasure. It's natural, right? And honestly, sometimes patients are like, you know, feeling uh, disconnected, perhaps they're even living alone and it's the pandemic. And I'm like, and I've even said to some patients, get a vibrator. It's something to experience. And you might not achieve an orgasm, but you might experience pleasure, right? Why not? I mean, and, and, and for me personally, it helps me sleep, you know, and, and I'm either intimate um, together or on my own or on my own together. So it depends on your libido really. Right. And, and your health and what you're used to. And, you know, without going into too much this. details, I want people to, you know, know that there's so many different levels of normal and healthy and, and, uh, it's just really important to communicate with your partner if you have one well, or with yourself, if you don't. Yes. And I, I just want to normalize it um, by also saying that, you know, there's people, we view things differently and I'm not going to lie. Like I totally mm-hmm. think vibrators are great for yeah. other people. I've never yeah. used it. So we're totally okay, being yeah. like, we're like dropping truth bombs all over the place today <laughs> and that's okay. So but now I'm inspired. Oh. It's like, okay, well, Dr. Tanya uses this. Surely it must be good. So I'm going to like, Tell me more about this. <laughs> I'm just lazy. Like it's kind of interesting because apparently like, so women take, um, I've read the research that's like 13 minutes of continual clitoral stimulation to achieve an orgasm. And men is, are, it's like seven minutes and not that I'm lazy. I shouldn't say that. I just enjoy the feeling and just the relaxation. It helps me sleep. And if a uh, partner's not in the mood, then it's okay. Right. Like I don't want to force anything. And, and it's a nice way to, you can kiss, you can be intimate. You don't have to 
um, have penetration, right? And maybe I'm not in the mood for penetration. And it's just like a nice way to still achieve an orgasm if it's clitoral stimulation as an example, you know, and it's just, I think it's just to have this conversation. I think it's good just to like, you know, normalize it and be okay. And, and it doesn't have to be vibrant. It can be self-touch, right? Yes. So, so I'm and, a and such kind of gal. Yes. <laughs> and that's good. Yeah. Things that feel good to share, Mary. <laughs> Come on. Okay. okay. So, so You're here's so the deal. Cute. Well, we, we have to respect our, um, our different ways of being yes. and everyone's different. So I guess growing up, it's like any ex- sex toys would almost be considered like bad and like bad girl like you, you know that expression bad girl naughty girl yeah, so yeah. there's a negative connotation like you're a bad human mm-hmm. being right is how right. i would interpret it as a young person so i think yeah. even though i know intellectually that's not the case at all but perhaps mm-hmm. on a subconscious level i still you know have some kind of a block around it so you know what i'm gonna challenge myself and i'm gonna get one of these rabbits all right and i'm gonna i'll have to do <laughs> a report Mary. at some point <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm saying this out loud. It's like, yes, you don't know what you're missing. (laughs) Okay. Well, until you try. And you might not like it, and that's okay too. You try. But that's the thing. Because to me, like my, you know, if we're going to talk about self pleasure here, um, to me, the self pleasure is like my self touch and getting to know myself through me. Yes. So I guess that's where my mindset has been and, you know, self-exploration and self-love through self-touch, right? Yes, that will be added to the self-exploration part. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. It's it's like um, hiking a mountain without anything. And now I'm going to like bungee jump across a mountain instead. So that's different. Now you have tools. (laughs) I have tools. Yeah. Yeah. And it can enhance the relationship. It's not, it's not meant to take away, right? It's not meant to replace. It's just an addition, you know? Um, And I think it's really important. Like we're going to go through some tips. Like we're going to talk about even just, you know, how to enhance your sex life. And that is one way, right? Learning about yourself yes. so that you can communicate to your partner um, if you have one. And, and then even just communicating optimal times, like you were mentioning in the last episode, like depending on where you are in your life, if you've just had a baby, this is the last thing on your mind. You're trying to heal, right? Um, perhaps you're breastfeeding and your libido is good and you're past that six weeks postpartum healing and you want to communicate that, but your partner's not comfortable because you're breastfeeding and he has negative associations. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. And then even just like, just letting your partner know, are your, is your libido healthier in the morning, afternoon, at night, or in your menstrual cycle, kind of like letting them know ahead of time. And then even how you want to be asked, like, do you want to be asked or do you want to be taken? You know, like it just like, even just like simple things like that to improve right. when you improve communication, you're just going to have a better intimacy. Right. Like so here's a question your- then here's a question because so, mm-hmm. you know, we can say that, but mm-hmm. then there's this, cause the whole thing, we, we already started it saying we want to help to normalize sex and how we think about sex and how we communicate sex. The reality is for a lot of people, it's an uncomfortable topic, uncomfortable mm-hmm. to ask. So, you know, mm-hmm. even in terms of like, you know, what is pleasure? So for, you know, perhaps, you know, one woman versus another woman, they may want to, or they respond differently, Right to how to feel pleasure and, you know, to ask your partner what I like or what I don't like, 
um, may be different for me than it is for you. So, and then how do we communicate that like without feeling really crazy awkward or, or do we just surrender to that? It will be awkward the first time, but you know, maybe communicating over time, it becomes less awkward. Yeah. I think communicating times, but then also what that means, right? Like, do you want intimacy as in uh, my libido's highest at this point and I'm trying to regain it. So let's just hold hands and spend time hugging each other naked, you know, could just, and that we need to end it there. Like there needs to be like yes. boundaries around it. Cause you're trying to reconnect or are you just in a relationship where you have just lost your way? You're both know what your end point is. Like, you know, maybe you um, uh, both achieve orgasms together, but you just never make the time for it. Right. Like you just want to have that time allocated and, and perhaps the man's in, um, you know, libido's highest at night. Cause he passes out after, but the woman, you know, in the relationship in, in this, uh, you know, case, perhaps um, as an example, wants intimacy in the morning because she is more likely to be like alert and awake. Uh, so it's just variable, like your, your times, but then also like how far do you, what, what does that mean? Like, what does intimacy mean? Like defining it. And yeah, having those conversations could be awkward. And maybe it is just saying, you know, I put this little, um, I remember earlier in my marriage, uh, we would put like, a, we had a little, like little um, uh, toy that was like little horse <laughs> and, then a little, and then a little other toy. I can't even remember what it was, but if we put it on our dresser, it meant we were like, our libido was good. If it wasn't on the dresser. Oh my gosh, we were like, that's hilarious. <laughs> it was just okay, like a way so to be signs like. signs and signals. Yeah. Like little tiny hidden things that, that only we would know what that message was just so that we could like, you know, feel uh, like that we could connect, but then not have to have the conversation. It was like a silent. Right. Message. Yeah, that's an interesting way. Sure. And, and there's a reality too, for the women that actually are still menstruating and certain times of your cycle, we do naturally have increased libido. So around ovulation, right? So when women are trying it, like sometimes they're trying so hard that they lose the sense of self and you forget that there is a natural increase in libido because you're so stressed out. Right. But when we listen more to our body, rather than like just um, holding out on like a basal body temperature, which doesn't really detect in that moment anyway, but like, let's say the ovulation predictor kit, right? Like looking for signs of ovulation, but it's uh, to then have them be the marker for actually having sex. It's like, well, actually, why don't we just listen to your body? And, yeah. you know, there is this natural desire at a certain time and maybe try mm-hmm. them. Because mm-hmm. right? haven't you heard many times? It's like, oh, we only had sex once and we got set, uh, we got pregnant we and got we pregnant, were yeah. for like years, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll often say, let go of the basal body temperature tracking. Just look at the cervical mucus, which is a sign your estrogen's on the rise and you get that little testosterone hump. So the t- combination of those two hormones, your libido is healthy. And then some women get another rise just before their menstrual cycle happens because their estrogen yes. progesterone goes down, their testosterone's up and their libido's present and, and uh, you know, and and recognizing there's also limitations, like some women, their libido is healthy all the time, but maybe their partner's not so interested in menstrual sex, right? So like just recognizing right. that everyone's limitations and, um, and, and just, it's all about communication, right? Like just communicating your needs, but then also recognizing you have to meet in the middle about what's comfortable for the two of you. And again, what does intimacy look like? Right. And then yes. stay willing to explore yourself 
And, and I don't know if we had this conversation with Dr. Jordan Wiggins um, or if it was like after or before, but how I had read an article, how even just communicating what your needs are, say, even in the, in the aspect of physical touch, how this woman had, you know, uh, showed her husband on her, you know, elbow. Yes, you did it mention felt, it. You did mention yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah. just, you know, how so to she, perform libido, like, uh, li- sorry, fellatio, right? And and just, uh, and then, so then he learned what she liked in terms of like touch and and licking or whatever. And so sometimes you, it could just be that, you know, it, it's the touch that it, it doesn't feel good, but if there's something just, like, you just don't want to insult your partner. So it's like showing them what you like so that they can practice and try too, right? So that the criticism is like the worst thing in the bedroom. You definitely don't want that. So oh, sharing gosh, your yeah, needs. No, is, <laughs> yeah, not this way, like that. <laughs> right. Doesn't work so well. Doesn't work so well. Right. And, and, then, be- and then even pressure sex, like you were saying, like, you know, like around ovulation, like it's like, okay, you got to get it on. I need your, I need your sperm. We got to get pregnant. You know, like that can just make or break a, a relationship too. Right? Like if there's the pressure on and man's like has to perform right for fertility. Yes. So it can be a very challenging, very, very challenging time, you know, like just it's not totally. just on the woman's side of being receptive enough, but for the man to actually perform and, and to, to like release. <laughs> so there's so many aspects of uh, communication that are so important and how you're communicating it. Yes. So let's so let's just, you know, divert to another aspect about all this. So mm-hmm. let's look at how genders are different yeah. and are often affected differently by orgasms. So you mentioned it a little bit already, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very common <laughs> after sex, the guy's like... <sighs> <laughs> Which is funny because that's right? me. And I'm like, am I just, is this my PCOS and my excess testosterone that I just like want to, you know, pass out after? But you're right. Like the general consensus is that most women, they want to talk after and that they don't pass out. And it's important that, you know, like we recognize that there is that gender difference and like that we have to accept it and communicate it. You know, so recognizing timing might be better to, you know, if you're wanting to be intimate, um, kind of communicating when, when is the best for you, right? Yes. So and sometimes it can be challenging, mm-hmm. right? To like find in that terms time. of life's complications. So yeah. between working and, you know, oftentimes people are work different hours too. I've certainly seen lots of patients where the partner is working completely different hours. Like, so for example, if you're like a night nurse and then, you know, your partner works in the day. So it's challenging to find the time to, to be intimate. And so sometimes it may not be, you know, full on sex and heavy duty, whatever, but it's just literally like, as you mentioned earlier, just lying there and hugging each other and, and stroking one's hair or something, right? To be intimate, because when we're talking about sex, it's not just sex, it's about intimacy. And intimacy is not penetration, as we have mentioned time and time again. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think um, if you don't have a partner, and you want to like, and perhaps culturally, you've been, it's been like shied away from self-touch. It's something to consider to like as an, another vehicle to just understand your body. Um, and, you know, just recognizing that you're, like, okay, you're just like, you've got this. Like, no, you know, what, you know what I'm smirking about? Yeah. What, I'm what? sorry, I'm cutting. Like, I was just thinking, oh, this podcast is just about like advertising masturbation is really what we're doing. 
there is nothing wrong with it. Just think about how relaxed you feel and your hormones. And, you know, I think it's super healthy and, and, and just be patient with yourself because maybe you'll never achieve an orgasm, but it still feels good. Right. And just understanding yourself. And, and if you are in a relationship, imagine if you've never done this before discovering yourself and then being able to communicate that. Um, because a lot of times in relationships, often it's the focus is on just having the men, the man have a release and there isn't really thought about it as much. I shouldn't be like totally, um, biased, but there is, there is uh, like, uh, that's not uncommon. And I mean, if we're physiologically wired, as I mentioned previously, like women have an orgasm in 13 minutes of clitoral stimulation and men are easier, like with continuous, uh, touch seven minutes, have an orgasm, they're wired to release faster than us. So it, it wouldn't, it is more often that, um, women may not have an orgasm, uh, in, in, and that's okay. Um, but if you're interested and, you know, uh, and your, and your libido is there, or if you want to understand what libido is, maybe you've never, ha- maybe you've had it and you've just never followed through why not practice and learn about yourself? It's just another way that's showing that, you know, you're, you're healthy enough to even have these thoughts and, and, you know, if you're sleeping enough and you're eating healthy and you're exercising, feeling good about yourself, then, you know, these are all, it's all going to feed into that connection with self. And sometimes just being reconnected to self, it will drive you to be healthier and all those other elements. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I'm still thinking of, you know, when you say connection to self and there's, you know, certainly certain cultures, there's a, uh, there's not much promotion of that. It's, there may be a negative connotation for Mm. sexual pleasure and really it's Mm -hmm. specifically practical reasons for um, reproduction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, so people may have specific perceptions around that and that's okay too and it's just an opening as a conversation it's like hmm, can we see sexual pleasure in a different light like it's not negative it's not bad or wrong it just is and as human beings i think evolutionary like evolutionary like we we do and we are able to have pleasured sex right mm-hmm. i mean it's there and sometimes we just stop ourselves mm-hmm yeah, because of guilt or shame. And it was actually interesting. This is a funny story. I was on an airplane once. And I was watching a documentary on uh, a woman's orgasm. And I was like, is anyone watching me? Because <laughs> it was fascinating. And it was about how when a woman achieves an orgasm, the sperm travel more easily with the contractual waves of the uterus cervix to get the sperm to the egg. So if it's for the yes. purpose of conception, it's not kind of cool, like, especially in the world of fertility, like if you had to go do an IUI and then you, you know, want to uh, come home and be intimate, but then you're, maybe you're doing two IUIs in a row and your husband isn't supposed to release, then he could engage with you in, in, uh, in like an orgasm, but without any penetration. That's another kind of concept, right? Like come home and have an orgasm after an IUI. Right. To increase so the it, sperm's travel and connection to the egg, right? So just in case people are like, what the heck is an IUI? So it's an oh, insemination. Right. Yes, thank you. Through mm-hmm. at the, and you can't, well, actually some people can do it at home, but mm-hmm. typically people will go to a fertility clinic and mm-hmm. that's where they the man will ejaculate outside the woman's vagina and mm-hmm. actually 
in a cup and mm-hmm. then they spin it, they centrifuge it, and then they insert it back through via catheter back into a woman. So it becomes really technical. Yeah, so even when you do that, very medicalized. And so then there's a real lack of intimacy. And, and, and it's like, how do we, now we're completely going on a different tangent, right? But that's okay. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. like, because we're talking about intimacy. So even when you're having difficulties conceiving and you're mm-hmm. using science and technology to help you, that doesn't mean you um, can completely forego or should forego intimacy because you could be right. holding hands while the IUI is happening or, you know, go home right after and actually then have intimacy and cuddle and ha- actually have sex if that's there. Because as you mentioned, like it does allow our body's innate response of receptivity of allowing life to come through us versus being clenched because some guy, some doctor has used a catheter and a, what do you call those things? The, the metal things that open you up. Oh Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. (laughs) Speculum. It's okay. Speculum. Thank you. I'm like, (laughs) yes. Like you use a speculum to open the yeah. It's not very comfortable. No, not so relaxing. No. Not very sexy at no. all. So it's like, you know, can we can we uh, bring it back home after and just like add that intimacy back in? Yeah. No. I think it's important. And then you know, if you're in a relationship and you know you're trying to have these kind of clarity conversations that we talked about in our last episode on sleep and intimacy and there is a communication breakdown and even in the, in the world of fertility, not fertility, like just maybe you just want to reconnect talk therapy. So important for men, men, please go with your partner and women, please talk. Like it's so important. You can find out so much about each other often with just somebody mediating and helping you work through because sometimes it is just, you know, miscommunication and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to, find ways to talk about these things that perhaps as children, we were, you know, shunned away not to discuss, right. Because it wasn't accepted. Right. Love it. Just trying to, yeah. Talk therapy is huge and you can achieve. And of course, what comes to my mind, there will be resistance because men may not. So I'm, I'm stereotyping. I apologize. I'm doing this, but the vast majority of men are uncomfortable with that kind of level of emotional communication. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, if you're a man listening or watching this, it's like, you know, I challenge you. We challenge you to, you do so many things in your life, but imagine like in, in increasing your emotional IQ will not just help you with your relationship with your partner, but really with your relationship to anybody and everyone, including yeah. for in your workplace. So it is important to work on that piece. And, and, you know, we know a lot and we can read a lot and it's that outside professional source that can often make an impact and have us listen better because if it's, if it's your partner or your mother or your brother or your sister telling you something, we're not necessarily as open to listening to them. We have a biased point of view when it, anything comes out of their mouths, right? So if we take someone neutral and um, you might listen and well, hopefully you'll listen, actually. That's all. Anything to add to that? And then even just as a little side point and even just like bringing back like, you know, words of affirmation in the form of like sexy talk or like just like sexting. I mean, everyone's using technology these days. So like just even like a little bit of foreplay because women are, we are up in our minds and our brains and sometimes like little things like 
you know, to, to text each other or sext each other to kind of like get the juices going or the minds like thinking, even right. if it's like talking about for the next weekend and it's not tonight, it's like just kind of getting your, getting reconnected or making sure you're having these like little like sexy talk to each other throughout the, the that's nice. Uh, Yes. And we're not like, it doesn't have to be like crazy, filthy, dirty stuff. It could be, no. like, oh my gosh, you're looking so hot. I can't wait to be with yeah. you Yeah, that's right. Right? It's like, or I can't wait to hold wow, you. when you put out that outfit, mm-hmm. like you look so yeah. great in that outfit or whatever, yeah. right? Whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. And we can vibe at a nice, healthier energy together. Um, so to leave off, like we talked about, um, you know, for those of you that tune into this episode, we did another episode last time. So check that out. But the other piece that we did was with Dr. Jordan Wiggins on Pleasure Mindset Bootcamp. So totally go mm-hmm. check that out because we, you know, lots of great intimacy stuff there too. So mm-hmm. check that out. And and again, if you didn't hear it clearly, we'll repeat it again now. We're not looking at orgasm as the end all be all. Orgasm is a nice to have, but it's not necessary. Mm-mm. And And intimacy doesn't have to be penetration. So we just want to like, you know, nail that piece for you so that, you know, you don't feel the pressure or like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to, I'm not getting it that way. And something's bad or wrong with me. And because, you know, we want to normalize and we want to understand everyone's positioning and their ideas may be different and that's all okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're going through perimenopause and there are physiological changes and you want to address that, get help, right? It's really important too. But yes, it doesn't have to end um, in uh, penetration. And if you are, let's say, very connected that way, even that doesn't have to end in orgasm. You know, so it, yes. and, and and sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. And that's OK, too. So everything's OK. It's just making your experience um, better for you through communication and recognizing that intimacy is such an important tool to feel connected, safe and secure and loved. So um, if it's something that you've lost along, you know, your way, then work on it a little bit because you'll have a better sense of self and feel good. Right. So we're going to end off the episode here, except we're going to always go through the what filled your cup today. And before I forget, so uh, Dr. Tanya talked about the rabbit vibrator. So we're going to actually put it up (laughs) in our show notes. I don't know yeah. if it's going to have a picture, but we're going to certainly oh, share it. So you. check out embraceyoufirst.com and, and we'll have our show notes there. Okay. And what so did you what- do to fill your cup? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start with you this time. <laughs> Honestly, sharing this and you see, like, just, just, I feel like it's good. It's a good conversation, you know, and like, and just seeing your openness and willingness to talk about it, you know, oh my like gosh. I want to normalize it. I think it's so important, really. Well, yeah, thank you, because you're the one that instigated this conversation. And I'm not going to lie, it was a little uncomfortable. So it does fill my cup to talk about this and being open about it. And and, because there's nothing wrong with it. It's like it just is. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Click subscribe, like and share. Please comment and suggest topics you want us to cover. Until next time, ask yourself, how are you going to embrace you first today? For more podcasts, check out embraceyoufirst.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.